Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our daily reading of Scripture and brief meditation on the Gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Sunday, May 21st, 2023. In most dioceses across the country, we are celebrating the Ascension exactly 43 days. Well, anyway, it's what used to be Ascension Thursday is now being celebrated on Sundays. Uh, The seventh Sunday of Easter is uh, what a few dioceses are celebrating today. Anyway, here's our gospel, and the reading is from Matthew's gospel. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, until the end of the age. These are very consoling words from Jesus, as he is about to take our humanity, body and soul, up into heaven, to be seated at the right hand of the Father. He doesn't just save us from our sins. He crowns us in heaven. It's amazing. It's amazing. He does the opposite of what the rest of us would do. That's why he's God and we're not. I figured uh, today on this Feast of the Ascension and our humanity ascending into heaven with Jesus, of course with Our Lady as well, I would just talk a little bit about heaven. People in the world believe in heaven, I think, some sort of heaven. More and more, the belief is among secular people that maybe used to be Christian, that heaven is what you make of it. I don't know where they get that from or how that works. We're talking about such a big thing, something that will last forever, something that's completely out of our control and that we don't really know much about other than through the Bible. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know where they get all that from. but And the belief is generally that everybody's going there, even dogs and cats, everybody. everybody, They'll all be there. Everybody will be there. Uh, And I don't know. There's images given. And these are consoling images. I'm not trying to put them down, but images like, oh, yeah, they'll all be, you know, drinking their beers together up there now. Or they'll all be playing cards or whatever. I don't know. Uh, the things they did in this life, that's what they'll be doing. Um, and there is a concept of heaven, uh, that it's a, um, it's a reward. I want to talk about that as well. I don't really look at heaven as a reward. And I think, I don't know. I mean, we can look at it that way. Of course, the saints talk about it a great deal as a reward, but first of all, it's a little bit Pelagian. It's a heresy. To say, and you're wondering, what is that? Well, I'm about to say it. To say, like, I'm going to be rewarded for my good deeds. That's that's a heresy. Heaven is not a reward in that sense and also in other senses. Heaven is a choice. It's a gift. <laughs> we don't make it. We don't make it happen. It's a gift. 
It's something from God. If we are worthy of heaven, if we are judged worthy, it's because of faith in Jesus and it's because of his crucifixion. It's not something that we did, that we put together. We're not great like that (laughs) on our own. We're great like that when we have God flowing through our veins, the Holy Spirit. Heaven is a choice. Heaven is a state of union with God first and foremost, and then with one another, the other souls that are saved. Um, Pope John Paul, before he died, talked about, and Pope Francis has reiterated this, heaven is not specifically speaking a place, but it's a state of being. In other words, there's a spiritual realm all around us. When we die, the veil will be lifted. We will see reality as it is. We don't see a whole lot right now because we're limited by our bodies. But when the body dies, the soul will be freed from the body to see more clearly. And we will see ourselves 100% clearly. And so heaven is a state of union, whereas hell is a state of desolation, separation. There's pain of separation. There's pain of punishment. And once again, this is where we get into reward and punishment. Um, can we think of heaven as a place? Sure. If you want to think of it as a place, that's fine. We always have as Christians over the centuries, even though it's not exactly what we teach. Um, I mean, when we talk about a new heaven and a new earth, a physical reality after the resurrection of the body at the end of time, well, then heaven will be a place specifically, and we won't have demons all around us. Right now, you know, we could say, yeah, spiritual battle rages on all around us. There's angels and demons, and they're not affected by each other. I mean, the demons are affected by the angels if they're if we pray to the angels and the angels pray that they be removed. Um Angels, however, and the souls in the state of grace, state of blessedness, are not affected by demons because they've passed the test. They've made it. So, you know, even if they're, the spiritual realm is all around us, it's not so much about going to a place where you're disconnected, but rather it's being in a state of blessedness where negative things don't harm you. And that's really a point that I wanted to get to here, just describing heaven. If we know what heaven is, then we know what we're striving for. But it's it's also very helpful to think about some of the things that I just said, a state of union, a choice, a gift, insofar as it helps us to know how to live that and this is, it's, it's my opinion, but this is also church teaching. I just, I like to say things sometimes just in a way that's comfortable for me. When we die, however we are in terms of blessedness, grace, sin, separation, uh, that will be frozen for all eternity. We, we will be confirmed either in grace or out of grace for all eternity. While we're here on earth in this life, we have a choice. We go back and forth. We might be choosing for God all the time, but we make mistakes. We fail so we can choose for God once again. But once this life is over, the choices are over. We are confirmed in our state. A lot of times people think, well, at the moment of death, I'll just, you know, I'll make the choice then for God. Well, number one, you might never get that choice. But number two, If you've lived separate from God your entire life, what makes you think you're going to change at the last minute 
What makes you think you're even going to be formed in the realization of the importance of that at the last minute? If we're not living for God every day, we're not going to be prepared for that last moment. When the ultimate test comes, when the devil comes at us with everything he's got, and all we can do is rely on the God that we have been praying to this whole life, that we've been close with this whole life. It's true. There are many people that have deathbed conversions, but when you hear those stories, oh, there's a lot of praying going on. People are praying for that soul. There's usually circumstances like, for example, St. Alphonsus Liguori's book, The Glories of Mary, talks about people having deathbed conversions But there's usually something in that story, in each of these stories, where there was some connection with Mary early in life, and then Our Lady intervened at the moment of death because of something that happened, because of some connection where she, you know, intervened because, I mean, Our Lady has made many promises that she would make sure we have the grace we need to get to heaven, Uh, At the moment of death, if we have been, for example, faithfully praying the rosary or wearing the scapular, things like that, meditating on her seven dollars. So, yeah, it's not necessarily something that we're just going to be able to choose later. So, in other words, we live, hopefully we're living in a state of union with God and in a constant growth in virtue and grace. And then that prepares us for judgment day. And we get confirmed in where we were, in who we have been in this world. So it's so important to think of that because we are citizens of heaven. We're supposed to be. We're meant to be. We're made for this. And so our faith teaches us how to be citizens of heaven. And while we're here on earth, we practice. So I was just thinking of a very brief explanation of heaven by means of using the capital sins, the seven vices. Now, you might think, well, why would you describe heaven using the seven vices? Well, it's talking about them, but of course, going in the opposite direction. If we can understand this, then it helps us to understand what our true home is going to be like and what we have to do to be ready to go to our true home. Even though, yes, it's true. We're not necessarily talking about a place, et cetera, et cetera. That's all been said. So, for example, and I was just thinking, like five of the seven capital sins, when I look at them and ponder them, because I, I have a list right here, I think to myself, they're, they're summed up by what Eve was doing in the garden. Of course, Adam is, is part of that as well. Not just blaming Eve, but that idea that comes from that temptation from the devil that God isn't giving us what we need. That God isn't a loving father that's going to take care of us. See, so in heaven, right off the bat, I'm telling you what heaven is. We're in the presence of God, our loving father, who just takes care of us and just loves us. And if you ever seen the movie, Oh Brother, We're Out There, he says, oh, she, they loved him up. Well, in heaven, we get loved up by God, (laughs) by his angels, by the saints, by all those that are there with us. We get loved up. So the Lord just takes care of us. The Lord is a father to us. And and that's what we're supposed to be practicing in this life, trusting in him. So when we don't trust in, and I guess all seven really are, could be, you know, this, this really is at the heart of all seven. I'll just list them. Pride. We don't trust that God has made us for a purpose. God has made us good. 
God loves us and his glory is meant to shine through us. So we try to steal that glory for ourselves. There you go. That sums up that one. Greed. I have to have things to make me feel good about myself, to make me who I am, to like I don't have enough on my own and the Father is not providing for me. So I have to take as much as I can. Envy, very similar to greed in that, well, look at what that person has. Look at how God loved that person. Why doesn't God love me that way? God must not be a good God. God must not be taking care of me. So, you know, look at how he's taking care of that person or or look at what that person accomplished or the money that that person has. Man, I'd have that money if it wasn't for this, this and that. Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite. Man, if it wasn't for this, I'd throw that football over that mountain over there. If only I had one more chance. So once again, if God is providing, we're not looking to take. Gluttony. Once again, taken for myself. I don't feel good enough. I'm not connected with the source of grace and goodness that satisfies me. So I have to take more. I'm going to take more food and drink. I'm going to try to satisfy myself through the physical things that we consume in this world. Rage, or, you know, that's a lot of different words are used for this, such as vengeance, such as hatred, such as anger. I don't like to call it anger because anger is also an emotion and anger could be a good thing. But what it means is holding a grudge, venting our anger at another person. I mean, yeah, you might get angry as an emotion. There's so many things in the world to get angry about, but to hold a grudge against a person, to hold anger, to not be willing to forgive, you know, that's that uh, vice. So therefore, you know, the Lord hasn't taken care. You know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, is in the Bible. It's a few different places, said a few different ways. So we don't trust that God is going to punish the evil that's in the world and that's in other people. We need to punish it ourselves. We want to punish it ourselves. We, we seek our own justice rather than trusting in the justice of God. Lust is another one. And when we read Pope John Paul's Theology of the Body, yeah, it's all about lust, he says, is taking, love is giving. In heaven, and I want to focus on this one a little bit. When we think about relationship, that's primarily what heaven will be about. Lust goes against relationship. It, it uses another person as an object. It says, I have to take from that person for my own satisfaction to make me feel good. I'm going to, I'm going to devalue the image of God in this person and take it for myself. And so love is the attitude of giving. We give of ourselves and there's great joy in that. So in heaven, the joy, I mean, think about this, all the lusting and all the, the other things that I mentioned here that we do in this world, in heaven, there will not be any of that, but rather just a giving, giving, giving. Everybody's giving. Everybody's affectionate. Everybody's loving. Everybody's kind. And as a result, we're constantly getting. But the getting doesn't come from taking. The getting comes from receiving from a loving God and from one another. If we can imagine just for a moment, and this is just, this is a biblical image, Genesis chapter two, in heaven, no one has clothes on. We see each other. In fact, you're not just seeing everybody's body. You're seeing everybody's soul. 
You're seeing much deeper than the body. Pope John Paul said the problem with pornography isn't that it shows too much. It's that it doesn't show enough. Focus on certain bodily parts and we don't see the whole person. In heaven, we're going to see the whole person, everybody. And we're going to have an attitude of just love. So this is something we need to get ready for. We need to practice this. The way you might look at a newborn baby, the way you might look at your child, hopefully your spouse, people that you love, hopefully your parents, and even really everybody. The way we're supposed to look at everybody is that of, I love this person and I would do anything for them. And in heaven, that's just happening across the board. So we're not looking at people's bodies in a lustful manner like I want to take. No, we just have so much trust in the gift of Almighty God that he's satisfying our every need that we just rejoice in each other. We rejoice in the beauty that we see when we look at each other's bodies and souls. And it's not, there's no need for clothing because there's no need to protect ourselves from each other. There's no need for the virtue of modesty because we're just, we're in a state where we just, we know and we see and we love. And, you know, when we think of images in this world, um, you know, maybe they can help us with that. There's a lot in the theology of the body that talks about, and it goes back to the Bible as well. I'm thinking in particular of Song of Songs, seeing as before we look in a romantic way at a person to see that person as our brother or our sister in the Lord. You know, when we think of brothers and sisters when they're little kids, you know, clothing goes flying in every direction and they're not really thinking about it. But there's love, there's affection, there's cuddling, there's, you know, Whatever. Somebody's on somebody else's lap. I think of being a little kid at the swim club and we're all in little bathing suits and we're all just hanging out and playing and having a good time. And we're, you know, there's no need for modesty in, you know, (laughs) in these, in a lot of different situations we can mention. Although nowadays, because we're corrupting our children more and more early in life. Yes. Now we need to protect more and more and more. So those are six. And then the final one is sloth. And, uh, you know, I think, I mean, sloth, we, we, on the surface level, a lot of people think of this as just pure laziness and sometimes even confession. People confess laziness. Sloth goes a little bit more than that. It's, uh, you know, the prayer of the confidior in the mass when we say for those things I've done and those things I have failed to do. Sloth is complacency. It's like a laziness of spirit. It's a lethargy. So we, do, we don't do the things we need to do. And I'm trying to think of how we would connect that to not trusting in the goodness of Almighty God. Maybe just how that, and I know there's a great book that was written on this recently. I haven't read that book yet, but I would think of it as God, we're doubting that God's going to work through me, that God has a purpose for me, a plan for me. And that he's going to provide grace for me to carry this out. So we become complacent. We become slothful. We, uh, we, we just, you know, we don't step up. It's, it's, it's not the same thing, you know, in terms of the opposite of sloth. It's not the same thing as, as being Pelagian, like, well, salvation depends on me. That's a heresy. But a proper viewing of work, a proper way of looking at our calling, what we're supposed to be doing means that we respond to grace by making choices to serve the Lord and to serve the church and the people of the world, you know, and lead other people to Christ. 
So sloth is the opposite of that, where we we don't do our duty in the Lord. And and yeah, we have to be uh, praying. We have to be close to God. We have to be keeping that connection because then that leads us then to care for others and do the things that we're called to do. And in heaven, we'll have a mission. Each one of us will have a mission in heaven. Jesus says, because you were dutiful in small things, I will now put you in charge of greater things. So we will have duties. We will have, who knows how it's all going to look, but the Lord will just be working through us and we're going to trust it 100% that God has plans for us and God loves us and he's given us the grace. So if we're in heaven and earth is still going on here, we're going to be, you know, intervening. We're going to be praying for different people on earth. We're going to be, I don't know, I don't know how it all looks, but you know, the saints, we believe intercede for those of us here on earth. And so, but we are meant to be living this way as we're getting ready for judgment. We want to be in heaven for all eternity. So we need to practice how to, uh, you know, how to live these, these ways, how to live these virtues that are the opposite of these vices. I know that's a topic for a longer talk one day, but so as we celebrate the feast of the Ascension, Jesus is opening up heaven He's opening up the channel of grace, the source of grace. Isn't it just perfect how the Holy Spirit now is going to come to us right after this? Jesus opens it up, and now the floodgates are going to open from heaven. Now the fire hydrant of grace, the Holy Spirit, (laughs) kind of a crude image, but it is what it is. You know, that grace is going to be open to us, and now we... uh, you know, we'll have the ability because of what Jesus did, because of his death, paying for our sins, his resurrection, conquering death. He descended among the dead. He freed the dead. And now he opens up heaven. He opens up the channel of grace. Now we can live in a state of grace. Of course, in this world, we're constantly growing. Hopefully we are. We can live that openness. Humanity is already sitting at the right hand of God in the person of Jesus. And now we, uh, uh, the the possibilities are endless for us. We can live the life of heaven here on earth. I uh, just tonight I was upset about something. I was a little worried. I spent a little time in prayer, and the Lord just so good. He's so good the way He fills me and and can fill all of us with a consolation. Everything's going to be okay. Be humble, persevere. Don't give up. The Lord's going to make all wrong things right. The Lord's going to carry you. He's going to take care of you. And that's the message I get when I spend time in prayer. So once again, it's the relationship. Jesus makes it possible so that we can know what true happiness is, what true love is. The world trying to figure this out on its own without God, they can't figure out why they're so miserable. So we ask the Lord to show us, to send us his spirit in abundance Show us the true life of heaven and help us to live that in the here and now. Hope everybody has a great day. Happy Ascension. God bless.